Hello everyone and welcome back or welcome to another episode of the Everyday Podcast where we talk about resettlement, mindset and motivation. And today I've steered away from, well, I sort of steered away slightly from the resettlement conversation and I'm going to speak to an individual who deals in digital transformation. And I thought, you know what, this is a term that when you're leaving the forces, you may come across this individual as a business owner, really, um, really inspirational guy. And his name is Chris Williams. And Chris is a visionary and thought leader in digital transformation. Chris has been recognized as one of the top UK digital leaders for his work in shaping frameworks and guiding principles required to successfully lead digital transformations. So good morning, Chris. How are you today, my friend? Good morning, Jack. That was a wonderful introduction. I'm, I'm very, gonna, very well. I'm very, gonna, very well. I'm pleased to be here, actually. It's a pleasure. So thanks for having me on. I'm not going to lie. I um, got it off LinkedIn, like I do most of these things, because <laughs> it's the easiest place to, <laughs> place to get it to. But for those yeah. you know who don't follow you on, on LinkedIn or whatever, I want to know, you know, it's quite a geeky question, but who is Chris Williams? So if you were a comic book character... Like Peter Parker gets bit by the by the spider, he then turns into Spider Man. What is your sort of origin story? Where did you come from? You know, who is Chris Williams? Well, that's a great question, I'm, and I'm glad that you explained the origin thing because I, I I was I never really read comic books. But the good news is I, I, I was never bitten by a spider and I would ne- definitely not class myself as a superhero. <laughs> but um, my, my story is uh, is somewhat like many, really. I, I, I grew up in the northwest uh, in Warrington, is my, is my hometown, uh, and I uh, had a, a very normal upbringing, um, you know, two, two very loving parents, two siblings. and But from a very young age, I never really followed the status quo. Um, my parents encouraged me to always go to school, which I did. They told me that there'd be the best days of my life and to enjoy it, and I took that to its fullest extreme. Um, so I grew up in Warrington, enjoyed school very much, and when it came to deciding what to do for a career, my father sat me down in the sort of mid-'90s and said, look, you know, you're kind of a pretty fun-loving guy, but I suggest perhaps maybe the the higher education route. Um, there's less discipline there, so you might want to sort of take your entrepreneurial flair and you know maybe get into the world of IT. Uh, and the second piece of advice he gave me was make friends, and it was great advice. <laughs> yeah. So I just made friends and got into the world of IT. And this was sort of you know mid '90s, and the internet was about to really take off. So I went and did. Um, uh, a, a, a computer studies course and kind of ventured my way into IT um, and got involved in a, in a dot-com company very early on. Uh, and I quickly knew at that point that I, I wanted tech was where I wanted to be. So I went in as a technical engineer, but in truth, I wasn't the best of technology engineers. And I've always had a, a sort of commercial mind. Um, and wanted to solve complex problems and seeing how tech could solve complex problems. Um, And I was fortunate in the sense that I was kind of placed as a tech engineer between a sales division in a company that sold um, internet internet connectivity. This was one of the very early ISPs, as well as delivering website development. And I sat between a sales team and and, and a, a technology delivery team. 
Uh, and fast forward a few years, I grew with that business, ended up leaving the Northwest, moving to the Midlands, and became the MD of that company uh, after a number of years, uh, went through IPOs, mergers, acquisitions, and even a pre-pack administration where I actually managed to take on the business with a a number of other executives and and kind of grow it back out again. And then from there, uh, the iPhone was launched and I pivoted and realized, well, this is the next big thing and we need to get into this. And so I then uh, started a management consultancy uh, that delivered um, management consulting into large tech firms that were wanting to uh, look at adopting mobile technologies that led into building a, a, an app development company and and from there it, it, it grew. And so I, I've had an interesting journey uh, to date, but all of the work that I've ever done has always been around helping businesses to leverage technology to do great things yeah. um, uh, across a multitude of sectors. And kind of that's really where my story began and where it's brought me today. And so uh, today, I'm a, a, an independent consultant who works typically with large enterprises, advising their boards on how to effectively accelerate and go through their transformation journeys. You know, every business today is adopting digital technologies. And of course, they want to be able to do that in, in as fast a way as possible, in a leaner way as possible to deliver high value to their customers and remain relevant. So today, I kind of help businesses do that um, as, as a private consultant, having spent years doing it for myself and others uh, in, in bigger businesses, but without the pain of staff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for those who, who may be listening, you know, that a large, not a large, there's not that many people who listen, but the people who tend to listen are those leaving the armed forces. Yeah. And, you know, digital transformation, I imagine, is a, a, a very broad thing. So for those who who don't know what it is or don't really grasp what what that job might entail. What does digital transformation actually mean for those who, who don't know, essentially? It's a good question because digital transformation, I think, means different things to different people. And it's a phrase that's been around for a long time, but specifically for your audience and those that are leaving the armed forces, um, you know, digital transformation quite simply is it's building something new and leveraging digital technology. So if you can imagine that probably across the armed forces over the last sort of 20 years, the um, the technology that will have been introduced into the, that organization from an operations standpoint, from a logistics standpoint, from, you know, being out, being out in, um, in, in, in theaters of, of war, that, you know, things are massively different to what they were, 25 years ago, for example, and typically underpinning all of that usually is digital technologies, you know, whether that's from stuff inside, you know, Royal Navy equipment to what's uh, to the Royal Air Force bringing in new aircraft that will have, you know, far more advanced avionics platforms, you know, these are all driven by digital technologies. And that effectively is transformation. And many businesses today are doing two things. They're going through a transformation and they're going through change. And change and transformation are two very, very different things. Change is usually building a better version of the past. Um, and change is a constant. We're constantly, you know, thrust into, into ever-changing environments. Transformation is, is, is building something new and doing things differently. And I think for people coming out of the armed forces, it's good to understand that 
Uh, and actually, I think that people coming out of the armed forces are probably some of the most experienced people at change <laughs> because they live in environments and have been environments where everything is constantly very quickly, but they're able to you know, introduce structure very quickly. So, that, so, so that's what digital transformation is and the difference between that and change. I'm going to ask you a question that I didn't prepare you for, so I apologies for that. Do you, have you, do you work with many people who have been in the forces at that level? You know, like ex, I don't know, senior officers or I don't know. I, I, from my point of view, I see a lot of, you know, ex-captains and stuff going quite high up the chain as they leave. Mm. Like, have you dealt with any many people like that? I, I haven't directly in, in the last sort of couple of years, but in, in my old uh, company, you know, we did have a number of uh, ex-forces people that, that worked with us yeah. um, in a number of areas, um, typically in and around projects, delivery management, um, and in the consultancy area yeah. around um, sort of mapping out new processes to get things done and agile ways to deliver that. And I think for organizations, especially business process mapping, you know, this was something that often took a long time and consultants took ages with. Um, so no, I don't have anybody that I'm working directly with now, but yes, in, in the past I've had experience with working with people from the armed forces that have come out and got involved in, in certain projects and certainly had a few, a number of them that worked inside my old business. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I was just wondering. Um, so when you go into these big corporates, what are the biggest challenges in your mind that they currently face? Well, they face a number of challenges, um, one of which you and I discussed on um, my podcast, which you, you very kindly agreed to come on, and, and it was something that you spoke very eloquently about, and, and that is actually um, coaching leadership and leadership not really rolling up their sleeves and, and truly getting stuck in uh, and coaching and training themselves. You know, we live in a, in a, in a world now where servant leadership, mm. compassion, empathy, and understanding those three things are critically important. We don't live in a world where, where hierarchy typically uh, goes well inside of corporate businesses when it comes to successfully delivering transformation. Now, 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 now let me dive into that a little bit, if I may, because I think perhaps for some listening, that, that, that might be a, a bit of a tough one to understand, but there has to be a hierarchy to some extent inside businesses. But I can particularly or specifically, I'm, I'm contextualizing this towards transformation, you know, there needs to be matrix structures. Gone are the days whereby uh, employees inside businesses are not particularly well-educated you know, people. In truth, those people that are executing and delivering on programs, major programs of work, are highly, highly experienced and qualified individuals. They don't need to necessarily be told how to do things they just need to be told what is it that they need to understand the strategy so one of the biggest challenges facing corporate organizations is their corporate structure and their inability to quickly reconfigure themselves to empower frontline delivery teams to deliver value quickly and often and it is usually the leadership 
that are the blockers that are in that way. That's probably the single biggest issue. Beyond that, it then really falls into um, old ways of working and, again, configuring an organisation to gradually move away from that. Cool. Yeah, so watch out for all those who are entering that space. So, how, yeah, you spoke a bit at the beginning about your own sort of um, beginnings, but how did you end up starting your own consultancy? Because I think that's a really, yeah, it's a really brave thing to do, to go to go out on your own. How did that come about? Joe, I, I've always wanted to work for myself. And, you know, my first, uh, I guess my first, entrepreneurial venture was as a kid I mean I've always worked since sort of 11 I've always had like a paper round but I I had my own little car washing business for a while and I and um, I uh, I I ran that alongside my paper round so that was probably my first venture into running a business and it was the it was having that freedom to be able to make a difference and to to do things differently so when I got into a career in tech and the first company that, that I was involved with I always had a vision to be able to run that business one day. I thought I'd love to, I, I really enjoy what we do here, but I'd like to, you know, I want some skin in the game um, yeah. and, and, I, and I want a slice of that cake. But I was never arrogant enough to know that that doesn't come without blood, sweat and tears. So, so really, when I became a shareholder in that business, you know, I had to, you know, I, there were sacrifices to me doing that. Um, and then, you know, when I saw my first, when I came out of that and, and uh, out of that business, when I realised that mobile was the space to be in, you know, the the then board, the rest of the shareholders, and I didn't see eye to eye. You know, I saw this massive opportunity with the iPhone. It was like, look, websites are being commoditized. We've got a great business with six thousand clients in it, and we're doing well, and we've got residual revenues. But we need to pivot, and they just didn't seem to get that in the same way that I did. Um, and so, you know, there was only one thing for them to do, and that was to get me out as quickly as possible because I was the biggest pain in the bum that, yeah. <laughs> that was there. And so. You know, they forced me to to take that decision to go and then build my own organisation, and I never forget sort of going home to um, my then my, my then partner at the time and saying, um, you know, look, I'm I'm no longer part of that business anymore. And she was like, shit, what? <laughs> you know, yeah. Is everything? James was like, don't worry, it'll be fine. And literally, I went on holiday for two weeks, and I said to I said to Sonia, I said, listen, I'm. All I ask is, is that whilst I'm, whilst we go on this holiday for two weeks, can I have 90 minutes every day? I'll get up early in the morning before you get up, 90 minutes, and that's all I want for 14 days, and I'm going to build a plan, and when, when we get home, I'm going to execute. Yeah. And one of the things I'd learned from being inside of a business that I part owned but I'd not founded was the importance of speed, was the importance of agility, was the importance of getting to market. So I... Like, I I did it because it was what I wanted to do. And I had just a passion and, and, and a belief. And what drove me was that freedom of being able to get out there and make a real difference. And that's exactly what I did. And so that's what led me to, to, to grow that business. And then I made a lot of mistakes in growing that business. Um, and, you know, it started from a kitchen table and you know, we grew it. I was very proud to have grown it into, into the US and, and Europe um, and we did some, and we had some amazing clients we did some fantastic things but I also made a lot of mistakes and I and I got a lot of lessons in how not to run a business in how not to hire people that like we massive we grew too quickly we oversold you know I overexposed us in lots of ways by continuing to grow because that's what shareholders wanted and we I had to deliver returns because we've got investment 
Um, and and you know, one when I came out of that, and that and and it was difficult. But when I finally came out and thought, do you know what, I'm I could I'm quite happy working with other people, but I also need to have that freedom. Mm. I thought, well, you know, I can I'm going to do something else, but on a smaller scale this time, um, and see where that goes. So I've always worked for myself in some way, but that's kind of been the journey. But you know, from going from being employed to taking that step and. It's nice for people to say it's a brave step, and I've never really acknowledged it, but it is a brave step. And I, but I would encourage people to to take it. Um, but I'd encourage also people to recognise that you know you can start something while still having what you deem as a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, you really can. And you know, we're so lucky today, very lucky, that we live in a free country that where we have access to the internet, and actually starting something isn't that hard. Uh, it really isn't. And actually getting customers isn't difficult either. It's just putting yourself out there. It's more of a confidence thing than a bravery thing for me. Yeah, so moving on on from that, that's a great story and thank you for sharing. How have you... So I always, especially with service leavers, like bang on about the, the importance of, of LinkedIn because it's a free platform. Yeah. You know, you can, you can market yourself for free. Like what? how have you utilised that tool in particular to... To, to further grow, you know, your, your personal brand and your, your consultancy? Yeah, I mean, LinkedIn has been a massive platform for me in in, in my previous business and, and in, and in uh, the ones that I'm involved in now. You know, I kind of, before sort of LinkedIn, LinkedIn's got a lot of traction now and it, it didn't have that level of traction that it has today, say four years ago. No. And and I started posting on it back then. And I, and I, I stopped posting for about 18 months, which was a really dumb thing to do because I, I used to post stuff and get like 10 and 15,000 views on videos, like regularly. Mm. And the reach was massive in comparison to what it is today. Um, now, I'm some of the LinkedIn gurus may tell me that there's, you know, that's because the algorithm's better and it's more targeted. I don't know. But I started fairly early on, and the benefits to doing that were massive. I mean, some of the biggest accounts that I ever won never came from um, me picking up a phone or making up some wacky, crazy marketing campaign. Um, It just came from me documenting the journey that we were on, I was on, and sharing my experience and, and expertise and not being afraid to be challenged on that and equally just being open and honest and being myself. Yeah. And, you know, that LinkedIn has been, a, it still is today, is a great platform for that. And like you, I would encourage anybody to use it because it is free. Um, and, you know, it's just two things really for me, deliver value, but don't be, don't be afraid to ask for business because I yeah. think that's the other thing with people in business sometimes, especially those who are starting out. And I see it a lot with salespeople as well sometimes. Don't, don't be afraid to ask. Mm, I'm terrible for that. Are you interested in buying it? Yeah, I'm terrible for for the ask. Right, but yeah, it's all it's all it's all development, isn't it? Um, so what sort of what tips would you give for those who may be thinking about going at it alone in general? So that, so some people might be in a job now. Or they might be going straight in, you know, either leaving a job or leaving the forces and thinking, you know, what I'm going to set up on my own. What, you know, three to five tips would you would you give? Um, I think the first thing is 
I would start to document your journey and don't underestimate the the power of the social platforms that you have access to. Mm. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is to really concentrate and focus heavily on your psychological diet. And what I mean by that is, is, and I posted a video on this yesterday, actually, your psychological diet is just as important as the, the food diet. So if you want to be healthy, then you need to eat well and you need to exercise. You know, the old adage, the phrase, you, you are what you eat is very true. Well, that is the same with your psychological diet. What you feed your brain ultimately will influence and impact your habits and your behaviors. So if you want to be successful in something, if you want to start a business, if you're going to take that step, then you really need to be self-aware and you need to be careful about what you consume. So your psychological diet is everything from the books that you read, the TV shows that you watch, the company you keep, the people that you hang around with, the social channels that that you go online to, the videos that you watch on YouTube and Facebook. All of this is your psychological diet. And all of that stuff influences your behaviors in some way. And right now, there's a lot of negativity in the world. There's a lot of negative shit out there. There's a lot of it. And you've got to have your antennae up to this stuff because it will it will make you think differently. Now, I'm not one of these woo-woo people who's kind of like, oh, you know, everything's perfect and there's opportunity everywhere. I'm not one of those types. I'm a realist. But I also know from personal experience, good and bad personal experiences, the pain of being in and around the wrong people, listening and and, and watching things that are negatively impacting me. So reading the news too much, yeah, be up to date with, you know, affairs and what's going on in the world to a certain extent. But don't consume too much of this stuff because it's negative and it will have an impact on your ability to perform. And I've seen that. And it'll have a massive impact on your mental health. So if you're going to get into business, the second thing for tip for me is, is be very, very mindful of your psychological diet of what you consume. So, you know, spending too much time on Facebook and Instagram is a bad idea. Spending more time on LinkedIn is probably a better idea because the quality of the content that's going to get produced on there is more likely to influence you in a better way. Mm -hmm. But equally, you need to be aware of what goes on there because there's also some bad stuff on there. Now, I'm not saying don't go onto these other social channels. I'm just saying limit your exposure to negativity, you know. And I guess this neatly leads to the third thing for me, and that is to educate yourself. I had a mentor once that he taught me lots, so much stuff. And he left, he, used to, he left me with a few phrases. One of the best phrases he left me with is, if it's meant to be, it's down to me. Like, it's all your fault. Mm. <laughs> so don't keep looking for blame when things don't go wrong. Accept that nothing's going to be perfect and things are going to go tits up from time to time. That's life. But you've got to educate yourself. And to educate yourself, that means you've got to learn. And to learn means that you're going to fail. You're going to get things right and you're going to get things wrong. So... Take time to read books, to mix with the right people, to follow good content and learn from that. And don't look for a silver bullet. You know, there isn't one. There's no such thing as a get-rich-quick scheme. Um, and then the, the, the final two for me is what one is about knowing what, what's, what's going to make you happy. And the other one kind of leads off uh, point three, really, about educating yourself Um and, you know, taking time to, to, to educate yourself. So the, the, the fourth thing for me would be, you know, 
understand what success is for you and what make, what's going to make you happy. Because success to some people, they think is, you know, building a business and it being worth millions of pounds. And if that's what's going to make you happy, great. Don't be ashamed of that and go and do it. But is it going to make you happy? You know, what is it that's going to make you happy? And what does success look like to you? And if you don't know the answer to that, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up and think that until you find that, you, you're kind of lost. Because you know what? The journey of understanding and finding that out is called life mm. and live it and enjoy the journey. And you know what? You might go on the journey of starting something and then you might find that you find the perfect job and you're dead happy in that. And don't be afraid of that because do you know what? Nobody's going to judge you. You think that people are judging you, but they're not because do you know what? They've got enough going on in their lives without getting interrupted with your stuff. And the yeah. final thing is the is what I would call death by a thousand cuts. And it's to fail fast. Don't fail slowly. Fail quickly and accept that failure is a part of your success journey. Whatever that happiness piece is that you're searching for that's going to make you happy and, and, and make your family happy and take care of those around you is that you have to know when things aren't going right. And I've been there where I've flogged a dead horse for way too long. And death by a thousand cuts is bloody painful because when you fall off the, when you finally kind of get the final cut, (laughs) you know, you're in the hole big time versus if you kind of see those signs early on, then pivot away from it, make the changes and make those decisions. So I think there's a lot there, I know, but from my own experiences, there there's kind of probably the big five things that I, I would, um, I would share with people. No, I was just uh, yeah enjoying listening. To be honest, um, so yeah, last last few points, I suppose. Where yeah, what's your podcast called? Where can people find that? Oh yeah, I mean, if people are interested in my podcast, it's all about digital transformation. So if you want to kind of learn more about that, um, it's called Digital Disruption. Just type that into any of the usual sort of stores, um, and you'll find it um from there um yeah hopefully it'll be it'll be useful and and insightful to some people well i think so especially for those listening who are looking to go into sort of the the it space it's always good to get you know real um real conversations and insight because it just gives you yeah just gives you more foundational knowledge to to understand what people are talking about um yeah i think i think if people are thinking about going into the IT space is a career, you know, strictly thinking about your audience, you know, I'm biased because I'm in it. Mm. But I can honestly say that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a lucky person, I feel, because I've had a magnificent career in, in, in this industry. And it's one of the most secure and safest industries there is out there. Yeah. Um, you know, no job is secure uh, these days. But when you're in IT and you're in sort of that, that digital arena, and you will be learning so much that your skills are massively required across most organizations. And so, you know, I'd encourage anybody. I mean, the question you asked before was about business and people wanting to go into business. Mm. I actually see everybody as a business and I didn't invite and encourage everybody to look at themselves as a business, irrelevant of whether you're a, 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 a business owner in the truest sense of the word that yeah. you're, you're wanting to build a company, whether that's as one, one man or one woman band working for yourself or have employees. 
But even if you're an employee, you're a business. At the end of the day, you've got a profit and loss account, which is your bank account, how much comes in and how much goes out. And you're working for, you've got a customer and that's the company that you're working for. I'd encourage everybody to see themselves um, as a company. And I'd say that getting into IT is probably one of the most safest uh, investments in, in an organisation. I think people, especially into the sort of digital age of, of where we are now. Well, I love that, mate. And where can people, uh, are you happy for people to reach out if they, if they want yeah, more? Yeah, yeah, always. You know, I, I my, my one of the things that's helped me over the years is that been has been people being kind enough to give me a little bit of their time being kind enough to produce content and be helpful so if there's anything that i've got that's you know on my linkedin channel or uh on my website or if anybody wants to just sort of reach out and continue a conversation just connect with me on linkedin if i can help i will um you know uh, uh, i am always one for paying it forward yeah. and uh, you know if there's people that are perhaps leaving the force they can't be interested in getting involved in something you know um by all means feel free to reach out just connect with me on linkedin um if i you just if you search chris williams and, and novus hyphen strategy or just go to novus hyphen strategy.com um, you can pick me up there but linkedin's usually the place to get me i'll link the uh, yeah i'll link them both in the in the comments anyway um chris you know, it's been a pleasure. I think a lot of people, not just leaving the forces, but in general, if they're thinking about a career change, would we'll have, we'll have had a lot of value from this conversation. Um, yeah, thanks for your time, mate. And I wish you all the best. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's been great. Thanks, mate.